Jonathan. Good morning, everyone. I have a cold. That's why I sound particularly masculine today. Uh, this, this message is a, uh, the verse that we're going to be looking at today is really for me, it, it may sound strange as we get into what the passage is, but for me, it's been one of these defining uh, messages for my life. And I've been looking forward to having a reason to preach this to you someday. And this is that day. Uh, I don't know about you, but it seems like no matter who I talk to, somebody has a, a resolution for this year. And it usually has to do with some kind of fitness thing or mental fitness, or we're somehow going to get better somehow. And uh, what happens with resolutions is that they become expectations. And there's a, a, a saying in the premarital counseling material that we use in our church that expectations are premeditated resentments. That, uh, that what you do is you, you set yourself up for uh, just to be disappointed. And so it seems as though we start off the year really believing God for great things, create expectations out of those resolutions, and then end up either getting disappointed or having to work really hard to make them become a reality. Last week, we, the, uh, the theme of prayer and fasting was great faith. So that sounds excellent and a huge expectation. So you guys, you're not allowed to just have normal faith this year. You have to have great faith. So, you know, get on that when you have some time. And we're going to be looking for something super amazing. So that can be really great or it can just put pressure on us. So what we want to look at in the short time that we have together this morning is how do we avoid the weight of unhealthy expectations? Now, I've come to believe that most of our difficulties with who God is, most of our difficulties with the people around us, and even with ourselves, has to do with unhealthy expectations. We set up a scenario. Uh, God, others, ourselves don't meet what we expect would happen. We become resentful. We wonder whether God really exists. We don't like our friends anymore. We beat ourselves up. All kinds of things come out of unhealthy or unrealistic expectations. I think this is a big deal for us. And the passage that we're going to be looking at today addresses this, I think, in a remarkable way. And it's Luke chapter 17. We're going to be looking at verses 4 to 10. This is a story about Jesus speaking to his disciples. And the story begins by Jesus giving two kind of uh, recommendations or even commands to his disciples. The first thing that he says is, uh, talk about an expectation, all right? I don't want you to cause anybody else to stumble in sin. I don't, I don't want you to be the cause of temptation for other people. Just a blanket statement. Don't cause anybody else to sin. And then he says, if people sin against you, this is what I'd like you to do. And we pick it up in uh, verse 4. If somebody sins against you seven times in a day and seven times come back, comes back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. 
So don't cause anybody else to sin. And then if somebody sins against you, you need to forgive them, even if they repent seven times in a day. So the disciples are listening to this and saying, okay, you know, that's a lot to process. There's a lot going on there. Uh, talk about unrealistic expectations. So welcome to 2019. Our charge for 2019 is don't cause anybody else to sin. And if anybody sins against you, forgive them forever. Ready, go. Can you imagine? Uh, so in the face of that kind of resolution, in the face of those kinds of expectations, the apostle said to the Lord, obviously, increase our faith. So, uh, so unrealistic expectations, and when that's put on us, what we naturally feel, and I think this can characterize our Christian life in lots of ways, is anxiety. Where uh, before we were following Jesus, we do, weren't doing super well, and now that we are following Jesus, all that changed is the expectations rose. It's just more to fail at. There's over 600 commands in the Bible, here we go. And so Christianity can just be way more pressure, way more responsibility, and that can actually increase our anxiety instead of decrease it. And so the thing that they do, uh, if you've listened to us talk about anxiety, what happens when people are anxious is they do one of two things. They hide and withdraw or they blame and accuse. And so I think this increase our faith statement is them blaming God. Somehow, if they don't fulfill never causing someone else to sin or them not being able to forgive everybody, that the problem with that is that we ask for increased faith. You didn't give it to us. So, well, to be honest with you, it's kind of your fault. Are you following the logic of this? High expectations, the apostles respond with, great, increase our faith. And if we don't have enough faith, we asked, you didn't come through. What an interesting idea to see a request for faith, and dare we say great faith, to be an act of faithlessness. It's a subtle way of blame shifting. A subtle way of making God the problem if we don't fulfill the things that he's called us to do in any given circumstance or year. I prayed. Have you ever said this before? I prayed and nothing happened. It's your fault. I tried super hard. You don't think I tried hard? You know how hard I tried? And look, I'm still stuck. What is this Christianity, this abundant life that you talk about? I think your expectations are unrealistic. Moreover, you don't help us with the expectations that you give us. Because we pray, we try to be diligent, and you don't do your end of the bargain. Jesus' response is remarkable. The first part makes some sense. The second part is a little harder to understand, 
but I just think it's ingenious. Let's, uh, let's look at this. You can see it's still on the screen. He replied to their blame. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. The point here is uh, you don't need to ask me for more faith. I gave you enough. It's all good. There's nothing for you to blame me for, and I have been sufficient in my equipping of you for the things that I've called you to do. This is not a matter of lack. It might be a matter of something else, but your disobedience to what I've called you to do is not a matter of lack on my end, giving you what you need to be successful. Well, that's a little sobering. Uh, so now what are we left with is getting more awkward. So you have uh, high expectations, blaming God, and God says, no, I've already equipped you. And then we start to live our life, and it's still tricky. Well, now what do we do with that? And for many of us, we're simply left with blaming somewhere else. We blame ourselves. I thought I was trying hard. I guess I wasn't. It's the people around me who are messing me up. If I could just be around nicer people, then maybe I could be more successful in following Jesus. I, got, I need a new friend group and maybe a new family. And uh, maybe if I can have better surroundings, then that's the problem. Yeah, that's what it is. Are you following this? Because it's, it's, it's one idea to have faith and vision. And it gets a little tricky when things don't work out as planned. And what are we left with in our disappointments? One of the things that's characterized our church, and I'm delighted about it, is we call it a discipleship movement or a people movement that... Uh, we believe that every single one of us here can be part of helping others find and follow Jesus. This isn't a church where you have a, a few people performing and an audience. That's not what our church is about. We're all participants in the things that God has called us to do. And this part is to serve you and bless you so that you can do your part. Now, our church has been in existence for 18 or so years now, and uh, the things that have been in my heart, the things that I've had great faith for, is happening pretty slowly, mostly in my life, pretty slowly. And so what do I do with that? Where should I point the finger? Where do you point your finger? When things aren't, when the dreams that you've hoped for haven't become a reality, who do you point at? Up, down. I mean, this is just characteristic. And I think we set ourselves up every January for it. <laughs> so listen to the response. So the first response is, I mean, it just sounds funny that God would ever talk this way, but he didn't, but I'm paraphrasing. It's not my fault. 
I've, I've given you all that you need to succeed. And then he goes on. I've read, I've read five or six commentaries, and they all treat the second story as unrelated to the first story. They're killing me. There's no break. Okay, so this story is related to what we just said. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what, what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, don't cause anybody else to sin, and if people sin against you, forgive them. You should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Now that last phrase has changed my life. That last phrase has become a, uh, a true north for me as I navigate life. Because I have tons of expectations about God, about myself, about us, about my, I got tons of expectations. And in those expectations, I blame and I accuse. And I think the conclusion is for me to work harder or to get you to work harder or something. It's all messed up. And the thing that draws me back is I'm an unworthy servant simply doing what I've been told to do. And that is the summation of my life purpose. I'm a slave. And if I love and serve somebody and they're not very grateful, I'm just a servant doing what I'm told. If I'm to uh, not cause anybody else to stumble, that's not heroic. I'm just doing what I was told. If you sin against me and repent, I need to forgive you every time you come back. Not because I'm a hero or necessarily because you deserve it. I'm just a servant doing what I'm told. That's all that's going on. There's no hero. There's no blame. There's no complications. I'm just a slave. The moment that I graduate beyond being a slave, life gets shockingly complicated. I become entitled. Uh, biggest problem become entitled, become controlling, demanding, think I deserve stuff. The freedom for me in being a Christian is staying a slave and never graduating beyond that title. Jesus is simply saying to them, I do not expect you to do more I expect you to do what I tell you to do. And that's the conclusion of that passage of Scripture. He says, you can see how it's tied in. So you also, when you have done everything, you can see how it's tied into the, 
commands that he was just telling them earlier. So this parable then defines faith. And uh, I'm, I'm sure this will never get written up in any commentary or never make it online. But here's my, def my working definition of faith, at least for this morning. Faith is doing what you're told. Faith is just doing what you're told. Now, I don't know about you, but when somebody tells me something, I try to make it more complicated so that if I don't do it or it's not successful, I have something to blame. But if I'm a slave, I just do what I'm told. I don't even know if I feel like it. I don't know if I'll do it with a super great attitude all the time. I don't know about any of those things. And that's really not the point. Faith is listening to my master and doing what he tells me to do. I just think that's so great. So faith isn't doing more. Here's what I feel, I feel protective of you as my church family. I do not want 2019 to be about you and I doing more. You know, 2018 didn't quite, you know, meet all of our expectations. So 2019, we should just kick it up a notch. Um, there's, a, there's a guy that I know on the, he builds all the mountain bike trails, pretty much all of them where I go mountain biking. And I talk to him all the time, he's always out there. And uh, he had two uh, knee replacements. And it's, uh, you know, some people know about that. It's really, really hard. To over it's just really hard. So he's having a really hard time with it. And I ask him how it's going whenever I see him. And then he says a really foul thing, which I won't repeat today. But he says, what my friends tell me to do uh, whenever I complain about my knees is to suck it up and try harder. Uh, okay. Curious, you know, who the friends are. Uh, uh, but, uh, but, you know, just buckle down and try harder. That's going to make the difference in 2019. Do you think that? Do you think that 2019 is going to be different than 18 because you buckled down and tried harder? I just think that's mean. Faith trusts that obedience is enough. That's what faith is. Faith is trusting that it's enough to do what my father says in any given moment. Here's what I love about being a slave. If you're an owner, some of you are owners of businesses and the like, you've got to care about everything. Uh, you know, Jonathan oversees a lot of what goes on here on the stage. And so that's why he saw the sunrise. <laughs> Most of you did not see the sunrise. You go, cool, wonder what's going to happen today at church. <clears throat> and uh, he's owning this, lots on his plate, just lists of things. That's an owner. A slave says, don't really know how I get paid. Don't really know how it's all going to work out. Don't really care. What would you have me do today, master? And I do that. I do that faithfully. Faithfully. I do that. That's what I do today. What are you doing? 
Oh, I see. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, he's just doing what he's told. <clears throat> that whole thing was set up so that we could have an example. <clears throat> so, uh, you know what I'm excited about this year? Is that you and I are free. We just do what we're told. We're just free in any given moment. Father, what should we do now? I don't really know how it's all going to work out. I never get it. And I love, how, I love Matt's testimony that he prays for some stuff, and then it's, it works, but different. Because he's the master. So I'm just doing what I'm told. And then he kind of figures it out in super cool ways, and then we have stories to tell. I think that's a better way to live. So what if the faith of 2019 is simply to be faithful? What if that would be our ambition for this year? Is at the end of 2019, I'm going to go to the week of prayer and fasting, and I'm going to say, last year, I was found faithful. I don't know if my faith was great. I don't know if I ever graduated beyond a mustard seed faith. I don't know about that. But I would like to be faithful because you're my master, and I just do what I'm told. And life becomes a grand adventure of seeing what the master will do with the few faithful servants. I don't know about you, but that keeps me sane. The moment I try to become a master of something, I just get messed up with expectations on myself and others that never seem to be super helpful. But if I can manage to stay a slave, I find life and freedom in that place. So, uh, so some of you had resolutions about money this year. What if the way that those resolutions become a reality, is you just do what you're told. You just do what the Father tells you to do. Some of you want to get healthier. What if you just do what you're told? Don't get super tricky. Just do what you're told. What if you're hoping for better relationships? Just do what you're told. Can you see where this is going? Yeah. Whatever the issue is, what is God telling us to do? And we do that. And we do that faithfully, trusting him to do really great things with simple slaves. So you know how uh, Chinese New Year, you know how we have the year, I don't know what the, this is the year of. Pig? Great. <laughs> Co. Pigs. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we have monkeys and chickens or whatever. So the, what if... What if this year is the year of the servant? Wow. What if this is the year of the servant? Not the year of heroes. Not the year of people with great expectations. Or maybe even great faith, although I think this is very great faith. But what if, what if this is the year of the servant? And we would lift off of ourselves the pressure of having to be a master 
The pressure of having to lead somebody to Christ and see heart change. How do you even change somebody's heart? Good luck with that. But what if you just do what you're told? And you're faithful, you're loving, you care, you share your faith, and you leave the results in the hands of your Heavenly Father, who is your master. The result will, uh, will be more, maybe, as we do less frantic work. This is my prayer. Can we have the uh, worship team come up, please? Can I please pray for us? Could we please stand? <clears throat> Jonathan will introduce the prayer time in a moment, but I would like to pray for us. Father, what if this is the year of the servant? I think of all the ways that I get disappointed. I think of all the ways that I get depressed and overwhelmed and anxious and frantic and demand more from you and the people around me and of myself. And what a freedom from all of that is not so much to lower our expectations or not have resolutions, but to simply do what we're told. Father, could we be known in this church family as faithful, not remarkable, not extra special, just faithful servants doing what our master has told us to do. And it's our privilege that we have such a good master. One who is kind and generous and powerful and all-knowing. And so for 2019, our declaration is that we trust you. And we will express that trust through doing what we're told. That is the mustard seed faith that is more than enough to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth.